hallelujah and hey to everybody welcome to the hto channel if you are returning thank you thank god for you and if this is your first time we welcome you so as usual today we're going to start by grabbing all of our study tools you know the deal journals highlighters bible pens and pencils but before we get started we always like to remind ourselves on why we do what we do why do we read god's word so today our answer is found in jeremiah the prophet chapter 23 verses 28 through 32 so if you're ready let's go ahead and read it reads the prophet who has with him a dream let him tell the dream but the prophet who has my word with him let him speak my word faithfully what is straw compared to wheat declares Yahweh is not my word like fire declares Yahweh and like a blacksmith's hammer that breaks a rock into pieces therefore look I'm against the prophets declares Yahweh who steal my words each one from his neighbor look I'm against the prophets declares Yahweh who take their tongues and declares a prophet as prophets Yahweh declares look I'm against those who prophesy dreams of lies declares Yahweh and tell them and they cause my people to err through their lies and in the recklessness when I myself have not sent them nor commanded them so they profit not this people all declares Yahweh man that's powerful so in other words why do we do what we do because we are here not just leaning totally on the prophets but we need to check because his word is like fire so we are to study and show that ourselves that we are approved first as we hear the confirmation from the prophet so today just join with me in prayer we're asking you God to reveal your word to reveal your power to reveal your truth you are Yahweh the great God speak to us through your scriptures speak to us through your holy word speak to us through your absolute truth God so that we do not err God we don't live a life of blaming people for the things you told us to be responsible for we are responsible to study and to show ourselves approved God a workman that need not be ashamed thank you for your holy word thank you for your love towards us thank you for your compassion towards us God and these things we say amen and amen So today we're going to focus on our name of God for this week. And if you want to write this down on your journal, it's uh, the title is Elohim and you can pronounce this as Yer or Yar, which means the God most awesome. And this is a book I would recommend that you could pick it up on Amazon um, and you can actually use that. There are a lot of good books out there, but I really do uh, like this one. So I would suggest you pick it up if you have an opportunity. So let's just take a look today at what that is. Elohim, Yer or Yar, which means the God most awesome. And it comes from Psalm 68:35. You, God, are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people praise be to God. And it reads some years back, the word awesome historically reserved for truly jaw dropping, heart stopping phenomena became a common word used to describe almost everything under the sun. A new dress suddenly wasn't attractive. It was awesome. The new coffee shop in town, not simply cool, but awesome. A favorite teacher, not just fun or interesting, but awesome. The Hebrew word translated as awesome is yar or yer. This word carries so much more meaning than today's watered down version. In the Bible, awesome is reserved for God and his works. And the result of the true meaning of awesome is fall on your face speechlessness, hug the ground terror, and take your breath away wonder is there a coffee shop in the world that can do any of that king david invoked the word yar when describing the overwhelming victory that god had given israel such power such a cause for fear among even the fiercest enemies such a relentless unstoppable will all of that is wrapped up in the word awesome 
In trying to describe God, David was forced to use the one and only Hebrew word that trumps every other adjective. We get glimpses of awesome when we witness a volcano miles away that has just blown its top and it's spewing massive plumes of lava into the air, or when we watch a video of a 50-foot high tidal wave crashing onto an island, devastating everything in its path. Or when we lie on our backs and look up at the seemingly endless night sky, what's behind all these awesome things, our even more awesome God. He's limitless, dangerously holy and omnipotent, and yet he stoops to treat us with tenderness, care and compassion. He is kind to the very ones who ignore him. After all, he drew near to love the same ones he knew would mock him and nail him to a tree. God demonstrates love for us that truly, truly inspires awe. How would you describe the awesomeness of God? So as this week, as you continue on, um, just think about that. Uh, God, Yah, the awesome God, awesome in all of his ways. We will be reading Genesis 30 with the Christian Standard Bible. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she envied her sister. Give me sons or I will die, she said to Jacob. Jacob became angry with Rachel and said, Am I in God's place who has withheld offspring from you? Then she said, Here is my maid Bilhah. Go sleep with her, and she'll bear children for me so that through her I too can build a family. So Rachel gave her slave Bilhah to Jacob as a wife, and he slept with her. Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Rachel said, God has vindicated me. Yes, he has heard me and given me a son. So she named him Dan. Rachel's slave Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Rachel said, In my wrestlings with God, I have wrestled with my sister and won. And she named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her slave Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's slave Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, What good fortune! And she named him Gad. When Leah slave Zilpah bore Jacob a second son, Leah said, I am happy that the woman called me happy. So she named him Asher. Reuben went out during the wheat harvest and found some mandrakes in the field. When he brought them to his mother Leah, Rachel asked, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah replied to her, Isn't it enough that you have taken my husband? Now you also want to take my son's mandrakes? Well then, Rachel said, He can sleep with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came in from the field that evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come with me, for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So Jacob slept with her that night. God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my slave to my husband, and she named him Issachar. Then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. God has given me a good gift, Leah said. This time my husband will honor me because I have borne six sons for him, and she named him Zebulun. Later, Leah bore a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son, and she said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, May the Lord add another son to me. Jacob's flocks multiply. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me on my way so that I can return to my homeland. Give me my wives and my children that I have worked for, and let me go. You know how hard I have worked for you. But Laban said to him, 
If I have found favor with you, stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Then Laban said, Name your wages, and I will pay them. So Jacob said to him, You know how I have served you and how your herds have fared with me. For you have very little before I came, but now your wealth has increased. The Lord has blessed you because of me. And now, when will I also do something for my own family? Laban asked, What should I give you? And Jacob said, You don't need to give me anything. If you do this one thing for me, I will continue to shepherd and keep your flock. Let me go through all your sheep today and remove every sheep that is speckled or spotted, every dark colored sheep among the lambs, and the spotted and speckled among the female goats. Such will be my wages. In the future, when you come to check on my wages, my honesty will testify for me. If I have any female goats that are not speckled or spotted, or any lambs that are not black, they will be considered stolen. Good, said Laban. Let it be as you have said. That day Laban removed the streaked and spotted male goats and all the speckled and spotted female goats, every one that had any white on it, and every dark colored one among the lambs, and he placed his sons in charge of them. He put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob. Jacob, meanwhile, was shepherding the rest of Laban's flock. Jacob then took branches of fresh poplar, almond, and plain wood and peeled the bark, exposing white stripes on the branches. He set the peeled branches in the troughs in front of the sheep and the water channels where the sheep came to drink, and the sheep bred when they came to drink. The flocks bred in front of the branches and bore streaked, speckled, and spotted young. Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face the streaked sheep and the completely dark sheep in Laban's flocks. Then he set his own stock apart and didn't put them with Laban's sheep. Whenever the stronger of the flock were breeding, Jacob placed the branches in the troughs in full view of the flocks and they would breed in front of the branches. As for the weaklings of the flocks, he did not put out the branches. So it turned out that the weak sheep belonged to Laban and the stronger ones to Jacob. And the man became very rich. He had many flocks, female and male slaves, and camels and donkeys. All right, so we're going to start off with Genesis chapter 30 today. I hope this will be a good focus for you. Remember, you are progressing along at your own speed in your own time, and then you just check back, and we'll randomly touch on some chapters uh, that was in our reading. So we'll take a look today at Genesis chapter 30. So I hope you have your Bible open and you're ready. If not, pause the video, grab your highlighters, pens, pencils, and and then we can jump right in together. So with that said, let's go ahead and get started. So verse one, when Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she envied her sister. So I want you to go ahead and take your highlighter and I want you to highlight that. And if you have your journal, I paused right there and I actually gave myself a note um, because it's saying that you know, this sets the stage already of rivalry between Rachel and Leah. So if you have your highlighters, just go ahead and highlight that and jot down some thoughts um, if you want to, if you want to pause the video to do that. And so let's continue. She says, give me sons or I will die. She said this to Jacob. 
And so if we look at this, I always think of um, Hannah, but let's see if that will help us. It says, but he gave a double portion to Hannah for he loved her even though the Lord had kept her from conceiving. So that's just a good reference if you want to go ahead and jot that down. So again, we jump in. Rachel says, give me sons or I will die. She said this to Jacob. Verse two, Jacob became angry with Rachel and said, am I in the place of God? So Jacob is about to get an attitude right here. And so, you know, she's distressed. All this stuff is going on. And he says he has withheld offspring from you. So let's see if we can find here. If you have a different translation, remember I'm in the, the Christian standard Bible and it might read for you the fruit of the womb. And notice Jacob is saying he God has withheld offspring from you. Then she said, here we go. You know, here we go, Rachel. You can ready to do your thing. She's saying, here's my maid, Bila. Go sleep with her and she'll bear children for me so that through her, I can build a family. So I want you to take your highlighter and highlight that because we're going to look at what, what is the problem here? Um, when I read through this, I thought about who have we heard of this before, Abraham and Sarah. So this instance reminds us of what happens when we take things into our own hand and we, we decide that we don't want to wait on God. So our timetable was different from God and sometimes impatience will cause us to make decisions against his will. But like we said, you know, Rachel has her own mindset, so she's going to do what she wants to do. So let's continue. So Rachel gave her slave Bila to Jacob as a wife. And of course, he slept with her. And so Bila conceived and bore Jacob a son. So this first son, if you want to mark this in your Bible, because we're noting all the sons of Jacob. Now, remember before we started, Jacob had, I'm sorry, Jacob had four sons with Leah already. So when we started chapter 30, we tapped in with Rachel. So you should have already uh, read that before, but up, up until this point, before this chapter starts, she, Leah has already had four sons by Jacob. So this servant or this woman belongs to Rachel and she conceives and bears Jacob a son. So it says in verse six, Rachel said, God has vindicated me. Yes, he has heard me and given me a son. So she named him Dan. So, you know, here we go again. The name Dan sounds like has vindicated or judged. So according to Rachel, there's something that, you know, she wants God to get in the mix of all of this, you know, because based on our reading before, remember in the Bible, it says that Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah. You would think that Leah would have the bigger problem, but here we see that Rachel is saying, you know, God is, he's vindicated me. He's vindicated me. And so I'm going to name this first son, Dan. So continue with verse seven. Rachel's slave Belah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. So, you know, Rachel's maneuvering it. She's behind the scene. She's calling these shots. She's calling these shots. And so, you know, it's just, you, you would wonder, right? You would wonder at what point do I allow God to handle this and not be on my timetable, but allow God's timetable in my life. And so she has a second son, you know, she goes on and in verse eight, she says, in my wrestlings with God. Now, where have we heard of that before? Right? If you think back of Jacob wrestling with God, um, if you've read that before, um, and it says, I have wrestled. Remember Jacob, Jacob wrestles with God, but now she's saying, I have wrestled with my sister and one, and she named him Naphtali. 
So here we go again, you know, there's this tension between Rachel and her sister Leah. You know, she's saying, I'm, I'm not only wrestling with my sister, I'm wrestling with God. Because if you notice here, you can go ahead and circle that with your pen. She says, I have wrestlings with God and I've wrestled with my sister. So what does that say? A lot of times when we're wrestling with life, sometimes we can do things that are outside of God's plan, God's purpose, God's will. But he is still sovereign because God is omniscient. He's the one who knows all. So he already knew that Jacob would have these sons in this manner. So nothing is brand new to God in this situation. So let's continue, but let's check out this note. Again, if you want to write this down, we see that Rachel is not focused solely on her relationship with Jacob. So not only is she wrestling with God, she's wrestling with Leah. She didn't even really, I mean, she's focused on her relationship with Jacob in the terms of what children she could have, you know? And so you can, that's understandable being a woman, but she's over-focused on the rivalry between her and her sister. So here we go. Now we got Leah back on the scene. So it says in verse nine, when Leah saw that she had stopped having children. So remember, she's had these four. She now takes her slave, Zilpah, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. I mean, these people are like polygamy, whatever you want to call it, all day long. So Leah's slave, Zilpah, Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, what good fortune, and she named him Gad. One thing to take note of is back then, you know, they didn't throw out names like we do in America. They actually threw out names that were of significance and meaning. So Leah gives her, gives her, her husband, Jacob, to her, her, her actual slave, Zilpah. And so she's okay with her slave, you know, getting with her husband and having a son and she names him Gad. Okay. So let's pick this up. This is some serious drama, man. This is better than, uh, back in the days when I used to watch days of our lives and some of those other soaps. I mean, this days of our lives didn't have anything on this, but let's continue. Verse 12, when Leah's slave Zilpah bore Jacob a second son, Leah said, I am happy that the women call me happy. So she named him Asher. And so, I mean, they're just going along, having these babies left and right, you know, poor Jacob. <laughs> or could we say poor? I don't know. Um, let's continue. I'm going to leave that alone. 30 verse 14, Reuben. So now you have Leah's younger son. He's on the scene. So it says Reuben went out during the wheat harvest and found some mandrakes in the field. Hmm. So let's see what that says. So he's looking at some mandrakes. What's the big deal about mandrakes? Let's see if we can find that uh, resource. It says the, I'm sorry, the mandrakes give off a fragrance and at our doors is every delicacy, both new and old, I have treasured them up. So you can write that down in Song of Solomon chapter seven, verse 13. So these are some nice mandrakes that they're actually looking to get a hold of. And so again, it says that, that his, her son Reuben has found these mandrakes in the field. And when he brought them to his mother Leah, Rachel asked, here we go again, Rachel. I mean, they, I mean, they don't only just want to deal with each other's, the children and the husband. I mean, they want to have each other's mandrakes and everything else. So Rachel says, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. So we see here, Rachel appears to be demonstrating a pattern of going after what Leah has. Not a great pattern to actually you know, go with. I know I wouldn't go with that. I'd have to figure out some other way, you know, to get back to doing what God would want me to do. Not worry about, you know, Leah and all her issues and all her circumstances. It's just a matter of let me have what God would 
what he's ordained for me to have in this life. And so again, she's focusing on what Leah has. Please give me some of your man, son's mandrakes. Then verse 15. But Leah replied to her. <laughs> so Leah, I mean, I mean, I'll tell y'all, this is good. <laughs> but Leah replied to her, isn't it enough that you have taken my husband? Now you also want to take my son's mandrake. Really? So she goes on. Well, then Rachel said, he can sleep with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. Now notice, ain't nobody asked Jacob nothing. You know, Jacob, they, they're exchanging and negotiating. And in the words of my um, people, ain't nobody studying. Excuse the ebonics. Ain't nobody studying, Jacob. <laughs> they just do what they want to do. All right, let's continue. Here it is again, if you want to jot this down in your notes, that Rachel tends to make, come on now, independent decisions with not, without consulting Jacob. She also tends to make decisions independent of God. Come on now. I needed to highlight that myself because I don't know about you. There are times in life when we don't like the way things are going. We can tend or I can tend to make decisions that are independent of God and they usually don't turn out the greatest. So let's continue on with verse 16. When Jacob came in from the field that evening, let's see what note we could jot down on that one. Well, actually we, we won't. Jacob remember is, you know, he catches the heel or you'll hear people talk about trickster. So one thing you can think about is, you know, look at all the stuff that he did with his brother Esau and all of that. And you see this kind of spills over into his own family, which is you reap what you sow. So he's had all this confusion and maybe it's because a lot of the confusion that he created with his brother um, Esau. Continue with verse 16. When Jacob came in from the field that evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, here we go. You must come with me for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I have to kind of laugh on that. <laughs> Leah's saying, hey, you know, you were flowers to me, man. <laughs> okay, I'll leave that alone. So here we go with Jacob again. Jacob slept with her that night. So I like this where it says, God listened to Leah. And she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. So where I would say, Leah, really? God is listening. You know, God is honoring her. And so this is an important detail to take note of, that God listens. He listens. And what is that? How is that important to us? We want to be sure and confident that when we make our request to God, that he is listening to us. You know, there's only one scripture where he talks about, I know it's regarding a man and, a, and his wife, but we also need to know for all people, we don't want to do anything that would cut off God's um, willingness, not his ability, but his willingness to hear our prayer. And so he honors her. She conceives and she has a fifth son. Now notice Leah. Now remember she had stopped having children, but now she's having children again. She had the four sons before chapter 30 and now she has this fifth son. And so in verse 18, it says, Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my slave to my husband. And she named him Issachar. Issachar. And so let's see what that means. If we want to take a look at this, it says in Hebrew, the name Issachar sounds like reward. So according to Leah, she's like, God is rewarding me. He is rewarding me. Whereas for us, we're looking on the outside of this and we're thinking, or I'm thinking when I was reading this, this is a holy hot mess. Okay, but I'm not sovereign. God is. So let's continue. Verse 30, uh, chapter 30, verse 9. Then Leah said, then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. So notice there wasn't a negotiation with mandrakes this time. 
So, you know, Leah's have, having some favor, I guess, with Jacob. And so she says in verse 20, God has given me a good gift, Leah said. This time, my husband will honor me because I have born six sons for him and she named him Zebulun. So, you know, you actually feel sorry for Leah because, you know, she's feeling like, and unfortunately, I think this still happens today where people feel that they can win love from someone by purposely or sometimes intentionally or in, not intentionally having children to win someone's love. You know, that's a hard thing to have to go through, you know, to feel like I have to win someone's love by having children that that's the only way that he or you know that person will honor me so you your heart goes out to leah so let's continue with verse 21 later leah bore a daughter finally and named her dinah so now finally we have this girl this young girl on the scene and you're going to see later on if you haven't read that already that dinah plays an important role between what happens, what happens within the Israelite camp. So let's continue. Then God remembered. So here we go. Leah's had Dinah. Now it says, then God remembered Rachel. He, here we go again. If you'll take your highlighter and highlight that, he listened to her and opened her womb. So let's look at a resource, Genesis 29, 31. And this is when the Lord saw. So first he saw that Leah was neglected. He opened her womb and Rachel was unable to conceive. Now this time in verse 22, God has remembered Rachel. And we take note that again, he is listening and he is rewarding her. She conceived and bore a son and she said, God has taken away my disgrace. So here she goes again. She's, she's looking. Here's a good cross reference. If you want to write this down, Isaiah four and one on that day, seven women will seize one man saying, we will eat our own bread and provide our own clothing. Just let us bear your name and take away our disgrace. And then Luke 1 25, the Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. My goodness. All right, so here we go. Uh, Rachel is pregnant now. So it says she named him. Come on, y'all. We know it. We know it. She named him Joseph. Joseph is finally here and said, may the Lord add another son to me. So we go back and forth, you know, with this and we see that that the meanings of the names are significant. The names are, are significant. They're not just throwing out names left and right. You know, they are actually they're actually trying to pick names that, you know, they show some significance, some meaning, some meaning behind. They're not just throwing any kind of name out there. Okay, and so here we go. She's named him Joseph. He's on the scene. So there's a listing. Even if you'd like to, to get the clarity, just write down. You could even just show a chart showing all the sons and, you know, which ones were Rachel's, which ones were Leah's, which ones were the slaves, the, the children of the slaves of both of those women. So we're going to turn the scene here. And here's where Jacob's flocks will multiply. Now, remember, Jacob is, you know, he's savvy. He, he knows how to think things through. He fixed, uh, showed Esau a thing or two being tricking him out of his birthright, you know. So Jacob is a thinker. So he has a plan that goes from verses 25 through 43. So let's check in. Verse 25. 
After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me on my way so I can return to my homeland. Because now remember, when you think about this, we got to remember that promise that the Abrahamic covenant, you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Jacob by covenant can't remain in this land. He has to get to the land that God has promised to his grandfather, Abraham. So verse 26 Give me my wives, Jacob is saying, and my children that I work for and let me go. You know, Jacob's saying, hey, dude, I'm tired of this. You know, and you can jot these down if you'd like. Genesis, read those in your own time, 29 and 18, verse 20, verse 27. And then you have this actual verse. It's actually found in Hebrews 12, 12, where it says, Jacob fled to the territory of Aram. Israel worked to earn a wife. He tended flocks for a wife. Hmm, that's a big deal. So go ahead and write those down if you want to look those up in your own time. It says, you know how hard I worked for you. Here's Laban, Uncle Laban. But Laban said to him, if I have found favor with you, stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. So, you know, it's kind of running in the family. You know, uh, Laban ain't crazy. He's sitting there observing. One translation calls it experience instead of the word divination and calls it experience. So if you look over here and write down in your Bible, in your margin, Hebrews, or I'm sorry, H5172, that's from the Strong's Entry, and then it's Nakash, is a way that we can pronounce that. And another word, there's that word right there, experience. So you could say, I have learned by experience, or another way to say this, diligently observed, right? So, you know, whether or not he used magic or not, I'm not sure. I think uh, one of the translations uses the word experience. So let's continue reading. I have learned by divination, so again, we just talked about that. What does this statement mean? I've learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Then Laban said, name your wages and I will pay them. Hmm. Let's see if we can find a good cross reference to that. So Laban said in 29, 15, just because you're my relative, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. So at least Laban's honorable with that. You know, he didn't want Jacob, his relative, just, you know, working for free. And so on 31.7, remember, we're going to read that. Or if you haven't already, you know, Jacob's feeling cheated by Laban. And he's like, dude, you changed my wages 10 times, you know, but God has not allowed you to harm me. And then in verse 41, for 20 years in your household, I served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks. And you changed my wages 10 times, right? So Jacob has had enough. All right, let's pick up with verse 29. So Jacob said to him, you know how I've served you and how your herds have fared with me? For you had very little before I came. But now your wealth has increased. Go ahead and re, uh, highlight that section because that's important. Jacob is reminding Laban that God's presence, come on, in his life caused Laban to prosper as well. So we don't know this exactly. I'm just kind of inferring that. I don't know if, you know, Jacob was saying to, to Laban, you know, it's the presence of the Lord. But we do know, according to the text, that Jacob realizes that you wouldn't have increased without me, dude. Right. So what does this say about the correlation of success and the presence of God? I'm not going to answer for that whole, that for you. I hope you've already have an answer. You formulate an answer to know what is the correlation between success? Come on. And the presence of God. So let's continue. The Lord has blessed you because of me. And now, when will I also do something for my own family? So, you know, Jacob is like, dude, come on. You know, I've been working for you, doing whatever for your family. It's now time for my family to shine. Verse 31. Laban asked, what should I give you? You know, so here's Jacob. He's starting to ponder. 
<laughs> he started to think it through. And he's like, you don't need to give me anything. If you do this one thing for me, I will continue to shepherd and keep your flock. Right? So Jacob, you know, he's, he's always thinking. There's nothing taking Jacob by surprise. Verse 32. So here's this great master plan. Let me go through your sheep, your sheep today, Laban's sheep, and remove every sheep that is speckled or spotted, every dark colored sheep among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the female goats. Such will be my wages. In the future, when you come to check on my wages, my honesty will testify for me. If I have any female goats that are not speckled or spotted or any lambs that are not black, they will be considered stolen. So Jacob is like, you know, hey, trust me, trust me. But in the midst of this, we're going to see he has a plan. He has a plan. So Laban agrees. He says, good, said Laban. Let it be as you have said. That day Laban removed the streak. Now check that out. Jacob didn't remove it. Laban removes them. Laban removes them. I'm kind of wondering on the side, did he not trust (laughs) Jacob uh, to do it? Let's go back here and see. Let's see where he, did Jacob say that he could do it? Or did he say, yeah, look at 30, um, verse 32. It says, Jacob said, let me go through all your sheep today, right? Let me, let me make sure. You don't need to give me anything if you do this one thing, da, da, da. Yeah, Jacob is saying, let me go through all your sheep today. And so then it says in verse 35, so, you know, Laban probably didn't trust Jacob. So he said that day Laban removed the streaked and spotted male goats and all the speckled and spotted female goats, everyone that had any white on it and every dark colored one among the lambs. And check this out. He placed his sons (laughs) in charge of them. So it doesn't sound like he trusts Jacob too much. And so he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob. Jacob, meanwhile, was shepherding the rest of Laban's flock. So here's a note that you could probably jot down. Even though it is not explicitly stated, we can ask the question, will God provide his children with witty ideas and strategies to help us prosper? I'm, I'll let you answer. Matter of fact, you can pause the video and do a shout and a hallelujah. It's on you. I know I have my answer. So let's continue with verse 37. Then Jacob took branches of fresh poplar, almond, and plain wood and peeled the bark, exposing white stripes on the branches. So there's something that Jacob knows about this. There's something about this that he knows and he recognizes, you know, from dealing or observing these sheep, you know, he has some experience with that. And so it says he set the peeled branches in the trough in front of the sheep in the water channels where the sheep came to drink and the sheep highlight that. And the sheep bred when they came to drink. I don't know about you. Now, this is inferring. I just felt like this is what the Holy Spirit was saying to me when I read this. It says, and I'm telling you, this is my Holy Ghost revelation. So if you want to receive it, when the water or remember the water represents his presence, the Holy Spirit or his presence is among us multiplication is potentially available to us. So we're going to see what happens. He's using the water when the sheep came to drink, they bred, right? When they came to sh- to drink, they bred. So the water, the Holy Ghost always brings multiplication. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's reminding me of when he told the disciples, hey, when they came to him and said, Master, how are we going to have enough food to feed all of these people? And he said to them, you feed them. 
two fish, five loaves of bread. And it says that he picked, he told the disciples, pick up the fragments so that none will be wasted or left. There is multiplication when Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit is on the scene. So we're going to continue. I got to slow down because then I'll get happy. Verse 39, you know, we say, come on now, Joseph, flocks, slaves, camels, and donkeys. Really? So look at 39. The flocks bred in front of the branches and bore streaked, speckled, and spotted young. So Jacob, I mean, he knows what he's doing. So if you want to look at Genesis 31, 10 through 12, you can go ahead and jot that down. We won't do that right now. So continuing verse 40, Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks, come on, Joseph, face the streaked sheep and the completely dark sheep in Laban's flocks. Then he set his own stock apart and didn't put him, put them with Laban's sheep. So I don't know about you, that question. Remember what I asked? I said, will God give us witty ideas? Even though we don't see that uh, Jacob specifically states this in the text, we know that everything that we have comes from the Lord. So I am going to say that I believe you have to believe whatever you want to believe. I I just believe that God was behind it. I don't think that Jacob was that smart. There was some insight and revelation given by the Holy Ghost. So let's go to 41. Whenever the stronger of the flock were breeding, Jacob placed the branches in the troughs in full view of the flocks and they would breed in front of the branches. Man, that is something. As for the weaklings of the flocks, he did not put out the branches. So it turned out, come on. So it turned out that the weak sheep belonged to Laban and the stronger ones to Jacob. I mean, Jacob always got something up his sleeve. He just, yeah, you know, I can't hate on Jacob. He, he has something up his sleeve continually. So it says in verse 43, And the man became very rich. He had many flocks, female and male slaves, and camels and donkeys. Go ahead and count those coins, Jacob. We are not mad. So let's think about this for a while. Now it's time to just see law and think some things over. You know, we've read through this. And one thing about it is we want to see how these Old Testament stories, otherwise we'll just be reading through, but how can they apply to us? So here's something to think about. After studying this chapter, how important are family relationships to you? You know, we see we started that first moment with sibling rivalry between two sisters, right? That has this foundation way back, all the way back to Laban tricking Jacob, giving um, him Leah instead of Rachel. So there's a lot of foolishness going on. So after you reading this, we're all in families and we all have different family members. How important are relationships, family relationships to you? And how do you think they should have, if you were there giving counsel and advice, how could they have handled all of this differently? Was there something that they could have done better? And then let's think about, do you have any relational conflicts that you need to ask God to help you maneuver? I have some thoughts on that, but I don't want to answer because I want you to give your own thoughts on this. Again, do you have relational conflicts that you need to ask God to help you to maneuver? And then how how important do you think family is to God? I mean, we know from the beginning in Genesis, that was his first, you know, one of the first things he did after giving provision, he placed Adam in the garden, he made Eve, and then he said, multiply. So how important do you think family is to, is to God? How important do you think family is, um, the relationships within family are to God? And then starting today, assuming you have not, how could you involve God in your relational conflicts? Man, woo, 
that is something, you know? We could almost say, yeah, not just family relationships, not just family relationships, but just relational conflicts, you know? A lot of that stuff that's up under the surface. How can we ask God to get involved with that? So today that wraps up our, I think that's that, yeah, that's 30, verse 43 is the last verse. And so the next chapter, if you haven't started already, you have Jacob separating from Laban. But we are going to focus only on this chapter today. I pray, you know, the saga continues. The soap opera is still on. Don't change the channel. Um, I hope you got a lot from this and that you're just blessed. And remember what one of my leaders told me, the Bible doesn't just have rules and regulations on what to follow. It also has some non-examples, some things that we want to avoid. So when you're going through these chapters and you're reading, you know, people tend to take the viewpoint, oh, okay, God, he was behind. No, sometimes in the Bible, we have records of what man has decided and we see God working in the sovereignty, working in his sovereignty, but mostly just read through and, and pull out those truths that you can apply to your life. So I hope you've been blessed by that. Remember, um, I, I think it is, I forgot the, the name, but it, rem it reminds us to take up and read, to take up and read, take up that Bible and read. The word is powerful. So be blessed. So if you're joining for the first time, this is just a review of which plan we are using. You can visit Bible.com. And once you actually go or visit that web page, you will land on this page where you'll see home, read, plans, and videos. And so if you click on plans, you'll see two areas where it will read by plans or discover. And so you just go ahead and click where it says discover. And we're going to call this, well, this one is called the full story. And if you scroll down to the bottom, you should see it. It'll say the full story from the beginning to the amen. Click on that. That's 365 days. Here's the description. It is a chronological uh, Bible reading plan. And then you will get a psalm or story from the life of Jesus Christ every day. So let's just click here. And you'll find where it says to the right, start this plan. If you click start this plan, you'll begin. You'll actually jump right in. You can select with friends or by myself. I'm going to just for sake of time, just put um, by myself. But I do encourage you to, you know, you could even create a group with this where you're reading together and then you all can periodically come back to the channel and then just have like your own Bible study. So just be um, creative. So we have already started. But again, if you have not started yet, you could start with um, day one and just jump in from there. Um, I believe my tracking right now is let's see here. We just went over Genesis 30. Let's see if we can find it here. Oops. OK, probably going back one eleven probably nine. Right. So, um, day nine is, is this video. So remember the pattern is that remember we're not in a race, but the pattern is you read one day. So let's say you were starting the day and you were at this area, you would read your devotional, read Genesis 29, Genesis 30, 31 and Psalm nine. But now the plan says, okay, on the next day, go to the next section, but that's not how we're doing it. We're actually on the next day, we are going to go back to this same 
reading plan on day nine so that you have a day of reading and then you have a day of studying and then it just goes back and forth and depending upon what translation you select you can even have it read it to you so you see that the devotionals there and then if you write arrow um, pick your translation. I usually use, I might use CSB, you know, you'll know on the video which translation I'm actually going to use that day. But um, so you just read through and again, you read through all your chapters and then the next day you go back um, because if, you know, it's just very difficult to really grasp the stories when we're just, you know, racing through. And I honestly, if you need to take a third day, you take a third day and go through whatever you need to do to make sure that you're understanding and you're grabbing hold to the information. So I hope that helps you. You know, this is a good resource. Again, this is Bible.com. You have the Bible, you have reading plans, you have videos, and they also have this available on the iOS store and the Android Google Play Store. So I hope that helps. So if you are listening to this for the first time and you are not saved, this is your invitation, your salvation invitation based on Romans 10, 9 through 13. And so right now you can just repeat after me if you want to invite the Holy Spirit. You feel that unctioning and movement to just enter into his kingdom today. And so it says if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth. So all you have to do is just acknowledge Jesus Christ. And you can repeat this after me. Father, I believe that you sent your son Jesus Christ in the flesh to this earth to die for my sins father I believe that you raised him from the grave that he was raised with resurrection power with all authority with all power with all majesty God you said in your word that all I have to do is believe in my heart and with that I am justified which means I'm freed from the guilt of sin and made acceptable to God God you said that whoever believes in in him whoever adheres to trust in relies on him will not be disappointed so today God that's me God thank you for accepting me thank you God that there's no distinction between me or Jew or Gentile God that you're Lord over all of us I receive you into my life God I'm confessing that with my mouth I believe it with my heart and so I receive everything that you've ordained from my life from this day forth Thank you, God, for dying on my behalf and giving me eternal life is your great gift. These things I pray in Jesus name. Amen. So if you have received that and made that statement, get yourself connected with a, a local church or an online church that you can continue to grow. You can continue to check this channel so that you can learn and grow in God's word. So again, the angels are rejoicing over you, but don't forget that step you've received now you have to grow connect with your local body or an e-campus somewhere where you can continue to grow in God and mature in Christ again welcome and congratulations okay we're gonna wrap this up with scripture engagement um, this is your personal time it's process called Lectio Divina and that's where we are in PC in other words we read meditate Pray and contemplate. You're going to pick a particular scripture, meditate, pray, contemplate. All you have to do is after you've read that scripture, just sit back and just think about it. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you, whisper truths to you, reveal things to you. And then after you've read and you meditate, you can go ahead and pray. You can pray that scripture back and insert your name in wherever it's applicable or family members or just in general. Um, also, you can just after that, yeah, again, RMPC, you just contemplate. So just sit with it. Spend this time right now and just sit with a particular scripture that God is revealing to you.
Let us remember Joshua 1 and 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then we will make our way prosperous and then we will have good success. And so we wrap up this with the blessing and a high praise for God, for he truly is worthy and we thank him for the mighty blessing. And so may Yahweh bless you and watch over you. May Yahweh smile on you and be kind to you. May Yahweh look on you with favor and give you peace. So we end with a high praise. He is truly worth worthy of all the praise. He's truly worthy of all the honor. There is nothing, no one, nowhere like God himself. We lift up a hallelujah. We lift up a thank you, Lord. We lift up a praise you, Lord. There are no words, God. And so we bless you on today. So be praised. Be praised, God. Be praised. Yahweh, you deserve all the glory and the In Jesus' name.